Operation Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes radio talk show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific time with your hosts, Consuela Mackey, co-host, U.S. Air Force veteran, Matt Davidson, announcers, Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment host, Charles Whitehead, U.S. Army Special Forces veteran, and I once was whole segment host, Richard Cook, U.S. Army veteran and lifeline for women's veterans segment host, Martha Elena Varela, National Faith Program Director and Veterans in Recovery segment host, Anthony Akinpora, and U.S. Air Force veteran and incarceration to success segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. Operation Confidence is a grassroots nonprofit. The organization's mission is to provide stable housing for veterans who have experienced homelessness, as well as providing a wide range of supportive services. To help accomplish our goal, a successful landowner has donated land for the project, a world-renowned architect has offered to design the houses, and construction classes from the local community colleges will take part in building the houses. Your support and donations are needed. To get involved, please visit our website at www.operationconfidence.org or email info at operationconfidence.com. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to Americans Invisible Heroes, the show dedicated to our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, Executive Director of a grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. No, I'm not a veteran, but my heart goes out to our American heroes, especially those who are disabled and may have be, may have experienced homelessness. The show, for those who are new, the show was established to provide a platform, to provide a platform as mentioned for our veterans to be able to share their experiences, heartfelt stories, resources, challenges, and accomplishments. Now, allow me to introduce our co-host for today. We have our U.S. Army veteran, Matt, uh, Matt Davidson, who is a board member and, and now vice president. We have U.S. Army Reserve veteran Charles Whitehead, board member and co-host. We have U.S. Air Force veteran John Oppenheim. He has a monthly segment called Veterans from the, from the Hub. And then we have Ann Montague. She has a bi-monthly segment. She is our bi-monthly segment host, but from Rosie's Movement. And then we have U.S. Army veteran Richard Cook. He has a monthly segment called I Once Was Cold. Say hello to everyone. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. And then we want to give a special prayer for our co-host and announcer, Martha Barella, who's a bit on the weather. Taylor Marcello, who's out on location, but she'll be back next week with us next Sunday with her phenomenal stories. Now, take it away, Matt. Yes, uh, yesterday we had our board of directors meeting and it was very inspirational, I'll say. And uh, first, uh, 
I would like to personally thank those who have offered so much to help us in our journey to help homeless veterans. And I'm speaking particularly of Jet Sison, uh, who donated a large parcel of land for the project for uh, Norberto Nardi, who is an accomplished architectural individual and for Dr. Daniel Walden of uh, Victor Valley Community College, who is gonna be offering construction support to his students. And we're thankful for all of these individuals. And uh, what, I, what I've noticed is that while well, the Los Angeles VA area is receiving a great deal of assistance in serving our homeless veterans, the area that we will serve goes unserved for the most part. Operation Confidence will work with the San Bernardino VA to assist with an extensive outreach to locate those who are in need of stable housing and with a wide range of supportive services. We will provide VA healthcare enrollment, employment assistance, and veteran counseling from those responsible for providing needed information on a, uh, on a, a variety of veteran issues, uh, speaking, uh, seeking funding Take your time. Seeking funding for those responsible for needing information on a variety of veteran issues. And uh, seeking funding for our services will be an ongoing project. Um, this is an area that we need to look into seriously. We need to be contacting organizations, uh, businesses, providers, uh, people who want to get their names out for being active in the veteran community in, through service issues. Uh, we can do this. We need to do it more actively because we need those supportive structures. We need the, what goes inside of those, the showers, the uh, beds, and so forth. We need to have a uh, a place where veterans can go and learn how to use computers. Uh, we need somebody to help them make their own resumes and then we need to help them get those resumes out to people who might be willing to hire them. But all of this takes funding. It's not for free. And so if you care about veterans, if you really care about them, especially those who are in danger on the streets, homeless, uh, who are disabled. It's easy to, to help out, to get involved, talk to, talk to your friends, talk to businesses, talk to anybody who'll listen and say, look, we've got something really important going on here and we need your help. And uh, let us know, pitch in, 
do something for those who did everything for this country. That's right. And so this is this is where we're at. It was, it was a good board of directors meeting. We've got another one set up for next month. And we'll see how far we've gotten and how far we need to go to get this job done. And uh, I appreciate your time and listening to this. And, uh, and we'll be back in touch. And that's Matt, before you sign off, give us a little bit of uh, background on what you do and what you have done for our veterans. Okay, I've, I've worked uh, 16 years for homeless veterans uh, and those who have been involved with drugs and alcohol. And um, first I would enroll them into the VA so that they can get immediate health care. And then I would seek out temporary housing for them. And, uh, and then I would help them find a job that fits, fits their background and their skills. Also, in this course of time, I, I would visit and coordinated a program for incarcerated veterans in federal prisons. And this ranged from Lompoc to Victorville to uh, Los Angeles and San Pedro. And um, I serve veterans there who are were preparing to leave the prison, to be discharged from the prison, and they needed a way to land on their feet. They needed to have a job provided for them. They needed a place to live. And uh, if we would just let them out on their own, they would probably get in trouble and be back in jail before you knew it. But right. we, <laughs> we were able to uh, direct a lot of these people. And I've got a lot of letters from them after they got out and got jobs and were happy and and in a new place to live and and they didn't go back to jail and um some of our, our homeless uh, vets i remember one one fella came came into the place where i was working and he was strung out on crack cocaine and uh, he told me at one point that he didn't care if he lived or died. And I told him, I said, well, I care. And uh, we took him to the VA, we got him in the program and uh, found him a place to live, got him familiar with the computer, got him a job. And a while later, down the road, I hadn't heard from him in a while. And then suddenly I got a call and he was inviting me to come to his college graduation. Oh, and so I, I couldn't believe that, that he went full circle all the way around. Wow. And, uh, and he's got a whole new life now. That's so wonderful, so touching. But these are things that we can do. We will do. It will do right at operation confidence and uh 
it's it's not a abnormal thing. It's going to be a normal thing. It's thing that we're going to just do it. That's right. And we can do it. We've got the dedication. We've got the good people to do it. There's no way that we can't do it. That's right. So you're pulling the Nike logo in. Just do it. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Charles, do you have the uh, sports arena video just to show how long you and I and Matt have been working together since 2011? Uh, Our veterans program started in 2009 and we all came together. God brought us all together and we uh, I bugged the city council and, <laughs> and the uh, Coliseum Commission, but they were able to give us this, the grounds of the sports arena before it was torn down to host the shop fair and resource fair. And it was an amazing event. We've had many others since then, but this is the beginning. Do you have it there for show? Uh, yeah, give me a second here. Um... And while he's looking for it, Matt, you uh, also are in the process of your book coming out. Yes. Um... This is a book that has to do with my own addiction during the 60s. Mm. It has to do with also veteran experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a book of essays and poetry, pretty much. It's been endorsed by Tennessee Williams and Richard Harris. Really? Uh, among some other people. And um, anyway, that's, that's still... Publishing a book is no easy thing. Right. <laughs> it, it takes time and effort, and we're still working on that part of it. The writing's all done. The design is all done. Mm -hmm. But it's just uh, the picky stuff that you have to do for the publisher. Right. That's right. That is so amazing. Well, congratulations. You know, we're so proud of you. <laughs> but thank you. Did you thank find you. it? Charles? Uh, almost. You know, I got it. Uh, I got a channel through the grapevine. Give me another 30 seconds. I'm asking for a lot of time today, huh? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move right along to Ann then because she has her. Uh, yeah, let I'm me know. Mm -hmm. Give us a signal and then you can come back to it. But she has her guests. Uh, right, right. On the phone now, right, Ann? Oh, she's, let's see how it goes. You're yeah, muted, Ann. There you go. We're ringing her now. This is one of the original roses of Riveters. She's how old, Ann? She's 98. Wow. And she's a spring check. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Miss Maisie. Am I ready yes. to? How are you? Yes. Uh, oh, I'm making out okay. You're making out. Oh, my goodness. Making out okay. <laughs> yeah. Maisie, I have a wonderful set of people uh, listening to you now. They're all in Los Angeles area. And they're very, very interested in the Rosies and your stories of World War II and your life and all that. So you're, you're now being recorded and um, I'm gonna just basically 
ask you some questions and make sure that they can hear you. Can you all hear her? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, good. That's great. Um, Maisie, let's start with the beginning. Tell people where you were born and a little bit about your childhood.
My shift was from 3 o'clock in the evening till 11 o'clock at night, six days a week. Sunday was the only day that I had off, and I worked evening shift there, 3 to 11. And Sunday, then I'd get up early in the morning, me and the other girl too, and we'd do our laundry for the week and get us something to eat. And in the afternoon, in the evening, we would go back to church, and I went to church on Sunday night and after and a half. So, uh, it was Sunday night. So, so Maisie, I, I'm looking at people's faces, and they're very fascinated with your story. Tell us about your boyfriend. You were about to get married, and what happened? Well, yes, he was. He was in Alarilla uh, uh, or Millerilla or some Texas. You probably know where that place is. It was uh, where the, he was in Air Force, and he was drafted and <clears throat> had to go to war. And when uh, he was, but he was in Alarilla. Alamano, Texas, or Alarillo, Texas, or any up there, Force Base. And I was, uh, he would write to me and call me on Sunday. So on Sundays, he called me and told me that he was aiming to get a 10 day leave before he had to be shipped out to uh, overseas. And said he was coming to get out, he'd get a 10 day leave. And uh, and uh, wanted to know if I could meet him in West Virginia, or should he come to Akron to see me? And I I sent it over and I talked to my boss on the on my job and see if I could get Saturdays and Sundays off from my work. And uh, so I wouldn't have to go back till Monday eight three o'clock to work if if he let me off. So he he gave me orders that I could be off, and then. I was on my way on on a Friday when I was supposed to start coming home to meeting, and I got a telegram. I was on my way to my job at three o'clock, and I got a telegram, and so said he was hit by a big vehicle, and in Dallas, Dallas, Texas, I believe it was, and it, it was killed. Oh no! His uh, boss. The guard, ever who he was, officer, had said he had my letter in his pocket where I, I he was to, uh, told him where to meet me, and he called me then and told me he was killed, and that's how I got the message he was killed because that guard was with him on the on the Air Force base. Said he had the letter Robert did in his pocket that he got from me, and said when he got killed. He took that letter out and he read it and got my address and called me. And you, and uh, I knew he was killed. And Maisie, and, you all were scheduled to get married on when on his leave. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I was to meet him in West Virginia. Son told me that I could have time off, and and but when I got that telegram, that canceled it all. You know. Yeah, so, for sure. uh, it's so sad. I couldn't hardly stand it. But the boss let me off. I got it. I got it to funeral services and everything. From where he he was sent back to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to burial, where his uh, his mother, his uh, aunt, raised him as a after a newborn baby. Said his mother was giving him away, and and she didn't want him in it. So his aunt took him. 
May, Maisie, uh, tell a group here, um, you were very glad to come home. Did you ever think of staying in Akron? You know, you and I went up to your, to your boarding house. You stayed at a boarding house there. Did you ever think of staying in Akron or why did you come back to uh, West Virginia? of the women who worked in the factories stayed in boarding houses. You stayed in a boarding house, didn't you? You didn't, did you share a room with somebody? No, no, me and the other girl from West Virginia up there with me, we just got a, we, we found a sweetest old lady. She was a Jewish woman and uh, she was a widow. She had a brother lived up the street and she had a big, nice two-story house. And she rented at the first floor of her apartment. And, and my brother went with us, and he paid for my first week's rent. Give his last dollar, so just enough so he could get back to West Virginia to see that I had a place to stay and go to work till I could get a payday. And so we got rented at first floor on that in that house. Had a big porch and outside and back of the house. And I worked evening shifts, and the other girl worked day shifts. And they gave us both a chance to take care of their... I mean, we had the first floor apartment, a kitchen, a dining room, and a bedroom. So, Macy... That is so precious, though. Macy's story is just heartfelt. Uh, let me and so, so, so historical. We have to make sure we document that. You know, yes. maybe Matt would consider writing some of these rosy stories, oh, you know? Maisie, do you want to uh, make any statement about what do you think about America now compared to then? Our and then we got to sign off. I, Next guest. I what I can think now. See, I'm 98 years old. and I, I You're a young 98. 
ninety-eight years old. Hello, she's a young lady. So we said she's a young ninety-eight. And okay, so Maisie, we're going to close out now, but I wish you could see the group here. They're loving people, and I very much look forward to. Let them know how much we love her. We love. They say they love you. Okay. Thank you very she has much. To come back again. Let me show her pictures. your picture right now Maisie I sent them your picture you were such a beautiful young woman I think you had a lot of freckles but anyhow this the time is up for this group but I really want you to know that this is a very kind and open-hearted group and um, they will invite you back if you ever want to if you have more things to say then uh, we will make sure that you get invited back maybe I can get your daughter to uh, come into your home with uh, a uh, cell phone or a computer so that you can meet these people and see who you're talking to and they oh, can I would, we would love that well, anyway I, I enjoyed my work I could have cried to give up my job but I was glad the war was over yeah for sure and I got to come back home to my the, the boyfriend that I knew and he's a very decent boy he, he knew my parents he, he got acquainted with me and so, anyway, I got to come back to his funeral and all, and that was so sad. But I went back to my job, and I worked right there till the war ended. Good for you. Good for you. Well, you we love you for your contribution to our country. And I worked for another lady, and then I come back to West Virginia, and my parents wanted me to come back. And I, okay. I got a job then at Dunbar, West Virginia, at the Letcher and M plant. Is that remember? right? Right. I worked. All right, that's good. And you had a whole pass full of kids, and we'll talk about that next time, Maisie, okay? Okay. All right, love Thank you. you Macy. Right, thank you, Macy. Thank you. Love you, and I'll talk to you right. soon. If you want to. All right, love you. Bye now. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, she's so that's precious. Cool. Isn't she precious? She's and cool. the fact how she remembers everything. Uh -huh, yeah, I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> Well, I think she had five children by her second husband. I mean, by her husband. And wow. um, they're just incredible people. They're really? so attentive to her. She lives, still lives alone and she's 98. She lives alone? Yeah. That's oh, amazing. Right. right. We love her. She's so precious. So thanks for having her on, folks. My, my, my pleasure. She got okay, all you're going to show our, our video real quick and then let uh, John go on. Oh, yes. I just okay. wanted to show you the history of when Operation Confidence got started with uh, 
for our veterans program. We've been out there since 79 as an official nonprofit, but this is our veterans program in 2009 that started. They put we their lives on the line for our country. Many veterans struggle to find work when they get home, especially if they were injured while serving. Today, a job fair showcased opportunities for some of our nation's heroes. NBC4's Andy Adler reports. I'm sure you heard stories in the past about soldiers coming home and they wounded and they missing a limb. I mean, I served two tours in Iraq and I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, we've heard those stories before. And when Lynette Jones came back from serving in Iraq, she too, like most vets, struggled to find work. But today was all about making things a little easier for those who fight for our country. Okay, so I'm looking at this sign. J-O-B-S. That is a good word, and that is exactly why you're here. That's right. We're here to promote our company because we're looking for salesmen and salespeople to really help them uh, get ahead in their life. Everything from jobs and sales to jobs serving our cities. It's a police department and a fire department. They understand the teamwork. They understand the concept. So we're very excited. We're working with the vets to get them on the job. It's called Operation Confidence. And today, they transformed the L.A. sports yeah, arena into an arena of opportunity with over 100 companies looking to hire. The government's trying to do their best, but America needs to step out as people, individuals, and come out and say, hey, one day, you know what, I can come out and support the veterans. What you're saying essentially is, you know, Veterans Day was last week, but that's irrelevant. Yes. It's Veteran Day every day because they don't take off a day and say, you know what, today I'm not going to fight for my country because I want the day off. It should be every day. And veterans, they seem to agree. You have 116 vendors who are out here today, so they need to know that, hey, I can come out here, I can find the resources, maybe I can find an opportunity that may lead to a job as well. So there are resources here, and uh, you know, Let's the people go. need to know when this type of operation happens, this is what you want to see, this is what you want to be at, you know, and the word needs to get out as much as possible, you know, via Twitter, internet. And I Good point, Mr. Whitehead, and you can get more information about today's job fair on our website, NBCLA.com. I'm Andy Adler, NBC4 News. Okay, so that gives you a little bit of history of how long we've been doing this. We're not, we're not beginners at all. We've had a lot of bumps in the road, but we're determined to make it happen for our veterans. And now we're at the point where we have two amazing people, three actually, that's offered to assist us with our housing project, land that was donated to us, and a major community college that's offering to partner with us. So we're going to make this happen. If you want to get involved, you know how to get in touch with us. Info at operationconfidence.org. That's our uh, website and operationconfidence.com is our, is our um, email address. Or I'm sorry, is our email address. Okay, take it away, John. Oh, hold on. One second, Connie. Yeah, babe. I'd like to Cut away now, if that's okay. Cause oh, sure, I know you have to go. I'm sorry. But no thank problem. you so much, Matt. I'm so glad you All stayed right, on, and we'll see you uh, next month for sure. You got for it. The, thank for you. For the board meeting and for the show. All okay. right. Okay, bye-bye. Tell Ann I send my love. Bye-bye. See you. Okay. Okay, so, John.
Oh, okay. No introduction today. That's fine. Well, I'll John, but you know, we, I, both of our hosts are gone, so I'll introduce but, you, John. Well, I'll, I'll introduce myself. Charles is going to introduce you. Go ahead, Charles. Well, well, John Oppenheim is an Air Force veteran, retired businessman, COO of City Heart. It's a Long Beach nonprofit and advocate for veterans. John is also the COO of the Veterans Council by City Heart as well and is serving the community in addition to his advocacy work. Today's topic, senior veterans as a distinct group and a yoga demonstration from John. Go ahead, John. How's that? Thanks, Charles. That, that was good. And by the way, I, who was that young guy again? Had your name? Yeah, I know. That was, my, that was uh, uh, a, um, a clone with more weight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks uh thanks for the introduction i thought i'd start with the yoga and end up with the other part if that's okay with everybody um as most of you know because i've done this before i am well, i don't know if i've ever used the term but i am a yoga evangelist this year will mark 14 years in september of my doing yoga and from a health standpoint and overall mental and physical health. I can't think of anything better I've done. Uh, this also marks the end of my 44th year. Actually, I celebrated on July 1st uh, when I started jogging and doing cardio in 1979. And I have not laid off longer than two weeks. And that's probably been about four or five times. And um, I, I really promote this for a lot of reasons. Uh, if you, unfortunately, Martha's not on with us today, but she started joining my classes that I offer at 11 o'clock every Tuesday morning. And it's open to anybody, it's on Zoom. We don't use a mat. It's just basically what you see here. It's a little longer. Um, and you can uh, email to Operation Confidence, Right. Uh, if you want to get on the mailing list, I send out the Zoom link every Tuesday morning. So anyway, I always start and we always start yoga with breathing. And uh, what makes yoga distinct from other uh, other things like it is both the breathing and the meditation we do. And we do a whole lot of stretching and uh, it, people get better sleep. I mean, it's just a whole, a whole host of benefits but so i always do a little demonstration and it's about 15 minutes so i will time myself make sure i do that so just sit back right now if you would maybe close your eyes just relax let your shoulders drop away from your ears and take a deep inhale now we inhale through the belly up into the abdomen and then the lungs so as you do an inhale just bring it up. And as you exhale, do an open mouth. Just when you do that, you just kind of let all that tension that's in your body go. Just think of it running out your fingers and your toes. Tension is just like a little river running away from your body. And so let's do some of that nice deep belly breathing. So you bring that air into your belly like you're blowing up a balloon, up into your abdomen and then your lungs. 
And as you exhale, just let it from your lungs, your abdomen, pull your belly in towards your spine. And as you're doing this, you're starting to focus on that breathing, just ignoring all the distractions that you have in your life. Do two nice, big, deep breaths more, and then we'll start a little movement. Nice, deep. This also, if you learn to do this, helps lower your pulse. Nice resting pulse is 55, which is what most athletes have. And as you can tell by looking at me, nobody would excuse me of being an athlete. And just let it go. So finally, just opening your eyes with a soft gaze, sitting up nice and tall in your chair, lining your shoulders with your hips and your knees with your ankles. And on an inhale, bring your arms way up overhead. It makes you sleepy. <laughs> exhale, let it go. It gets go. so relaxed. <laughs> and inhale up. Reach, reach, reach. Think of little strings hanging from the ceiling and are pulling your fingers up. Take a big inhale. And as you exhale, just let your right arm come down and let your left arm come up and over for a nice, easy side stretch. In yoga, we always warm up our bodies before we start doing stuff. I took a class this morning that did me in, but at least I was warmed up. And on the next inhale, come on up and exhale just down to the other side. And again, in my, my classes, we take a lot longer to do these things, but I'm just giving a demonstration. And bring your hands up and bring them to heart center and to your knees. So we're gonna do a thing that uh, I learned recently. Um, I can't think she calls it a, around the world or something like that, but bring your hands together, clasping them. And then on an inhale, bring your elbows up and as you exhale, round your back, push your hands out. And then inhale, raise your arms up. And as you exhale, let your hands go, bring them behind your back. And then come up, put your shoulders behind you, stick your chin out, and come back. So we'll do one more of those. So inhale, bring those. Elbows up, exhale, round your back, inhale, arms up overhead, exhale, letting go, hands behind your back, and bring those shoulders back. So we just opened a whole lot of our body. All right, so the next thing we're going to do, and I do every single class I do. I do neck exercises and shoulder exercises because that's where we hold most of our tension. Neck, your shoulders, and your hips. And we'll do a little hip thing too. So on an inhale, look up. And as you exhale, bring your chin down to your chest. And then on the next inhale, bring your chin up to your right 
and then exhale down, and then inhale up to the left, and exhale down. Now this time, if your neck likes you today, you can inhale to the left and maybe bring your head all the way up. And as you exhale, come down nice and slowly. If you get up in the morning and your neck is stiff, these are great exercises to loosen it up. Do that in a little ice and you don't have to take your uh, a leave for the day. And just do that one. And on the next inhale, then come up to the other side. In yoga, we do something on one side and we do it on the other. Now, if this is too much, you can just go side to side. I've had a bad neck my whole life, basically. And I don't take drugs. All right. So now coming back on the inhale, bring your shoulders up and back. Oops, sorry. And do a couple more of those. Just like that. Oh yeah, that's good. And Shake it out. So we're gonna do a, a little hip opener, which as I said, you carry a lot, of, um, a lot of tension in your hip. So again, you're always lining up. So take a big inhale as you sit up, and as you exhale, come forward like this, just bending at the waist. So you're not, you're not hunching over, but you're just bending at the waist. And again, it depends on how limber you are, how far down you can get. And then on an, Take a big inhale, and as you exhale, come around to the right. And then inhale, coming back. And you feel this in your lower back, and you can feel it in your hips. I'm making popcorn over here. <laughs> exactly. That's the idea. Richard has his hand up. Is there a question, Richard? Yeah, I did something similar to this. Take I your hand down. I, I had a I had a nuclear medicine test, which was more like a test for your stress levels. Well, of course, I had to be in there. Uh, it's like an MRI table. I had to stay in that table. But what I just did was kept doing the same type of breathing. Yeah. Uh, inhale and exhale. Through the whole process and they said you never you never got stressed <laughs> so they said right. they said uh, you did pretty good so i did that just to keep myself calm because whatever they mix in that solution will speed up your heart like a like a uh, like having too much caffeine but well, i'm said, claustrophobic and when i had my first uh, mri i did that breathing like you wouldn't believe and i was in the dentist chair last week doing the same thing so. oh yeah that's anyway, anyway that's we got we got to go to the other side here because I want to make sure that you're all in balance. Although there are those who say <laughs> mentally, I'm never in balance. <laughs> and just come on up, sit up nice and tall. So the next thing we're going to do, a little arm thing, 
And that is you want to bring your arm out to the side like this. Right? And on an inhale, bring your right arm over to the left and bring your head with it like this. And then drawing a bow back and then turning your head back and then inhaling your left arm over to your right. Draw back and come out. And I'm sure you can all feel this, especially if you don't do these kind of exercises. But they're really, really good for you. And just one more on each side. And come on back and shake it out. So That's one of the other things, and, and by the way, <coughs> in, a, in a wheelchair, almost I, in most of my classes, we do seated and standing, but everything that we do standing, except for balancing on one foot, <coughs> do from a wheelchair. And, okay. Uh, Balance on so, one wheel. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. I'll come pick you up later. <laughs> All right. Well, thank so, you, John. That was a great. That was a great lesson. Well, we got one more thing we got to do, and that is we got to meditate for one more minute. All right. Okay. At the end of every session, first of all, when you start working your muscles out, they don't relax right away, and so this is called shavasana. It usually takes. Uh, I do a five minute one, but we're just gonna do one minute. So just close your eyes and sit back. And again, just start relaxing your whole body, from your feet to your knees, your thighs, hip, your stomach and your chest. And just sit quietly for the next many seconds till we get to uh, a minute. And now just open your eyes with a soft gaze and take a big yawn, big stretch. So anyway, that's some of what oh, we great. do. Great. <clears throat> Thank so, you. Yeah. So <laughs> the next thing I'm going to do is share my screen with you. And I want to go through a little presentation. And uh, I want to start at the end. Um, this is my new thing. I, for those of you who've been around me for a while, I'm I'm an av advocate activist, uh, and mostly for veterans, uh, but even for anybody. You know, um, we were talking earlier about homeless veterans, but there's a, a homeless person as a homeless person. And in Long Beach, we have a lot of things we do at City Heart. We we do a lot of services for homeless, but also 
the formerly homeless. And they're just as much in danger of going back on the streets as just about anybody that's been on the streets. And it's something that they're kind of overlooked because in our world, it's thought that if you go out on the streets and you get somebody who's homeless and you put them somewhere and you get them wraparound services and a permanent housing with a VASH, which is section eight housing voucher, everything's taken care of. And that's just not true. And so I want to talk about the aging population. And this is my quick overview. I'm just starting to get more and more involved with this as I talk to people who run other agencies and uh, realize that this is, this is a problem that's pretty universal. So just a little background. I work with a large number, large number of senior veterans at Century Villages at Cabrillo. And one of the things that, that we notice, and as you're looking at me, realize that I'm one of them, um, that seniors have issues that are really different from a lot of the younger veterans. Uh, and a couple of things is number one, there's a kind of an end of road mentality. You know, uh, here I am, this, uh, this is it for me, and I'm just gonna sit here and wait to die. And you can't believe how many times I've heard that. And there's a lack of motivation there. Um, and just one of the other things, again, this is the background, I'll give you some of the issues. Most use the VA or local providers of Medicare and Medi-Cal. There's some organizations that recruit veterans who are over 65 because they're all eligible for Medicare. So they don't have to go to the VA, even though they could. And they can actually go both places, because I do. So the VA and service providers seem to treat all patients the same um, in regarding their assessments and their care. And this is one of the things I've noticed because I'm very involved with the VA. I go there, I talk to them and advocate for the veterans. So they kind of, the way they do things is there's an annual physical and they do the routine look for physical symptoms and they look at their annual labs, you know, and, and just look at seniors the way they look at everybody else. And, the, and I know that because <laughs> when I go to VA, that's how they, I get treated. And the other thing is that if you're sick or you have a problem, your diseases are treated uh, along with other issues you may have. And as seniors, we start piling up all the different things, but they're not looked at holistically. They're looked at individually. And there's some coordination of care that's going on, but not much. And this is a statistic that I just found the other day that really floored me. I had no idea it was this high. But if you'll notice, 65 and over, the numbers are 73% of all veterans 65, that use the VA. I'm assuming it's the VA, although they say it's the US population. And that really surprised me um, because a lot of what we hear about are, you know, the younger ones. And you figure with all the wards we've had recently, there were a lot more, but not, not in the numbers that we have. And of course, these are baby boomers uh, and older. Anyway, there's a lot of issues for the older veterans and generally, uh, especially those who live alone. Number one is isolation and loneliness because a lot of them don't have a family to support or check up on them. 
we see this over and over again. We've had people who go to the VA hospital and they get sent back to their room where they live by the VA and there's no real aftercare for them other than they'll send a nurse out or they'll call them up, say, how are you doing? And so these people just lie in bed. We had to feed a guy one time because he had no food and his credit card had been scammed. So, you know, things like that. Um, there's a, a real lack of motivation that leads to a lack of exercise, both physical and mental. One of the things that we've done down at City Heart is we have a, a, a brain fitness class or we did before COVID and we're gonna start again because mental acuity is just as important as physical acuity. People slow down, they quit using their brain. We, you know, we all know people like that. You know, we, we, were, we were on the phone with a 98 year old woman who doesn't have that problem, but she's got right. five kids, right? But so those five children are probably looking out after her. Many of the veterans I work with, nobody. Right. And so we just sit there. Another one is food insecurity and a lack of good nutrition. Um, you'd be surprised even though Meals on Wheels and some of these other places deliver, but people who live in permanent housing have to cook for themselves. If you go to a, a facility, you know, one of these uh, senior facilities where they have a dining hall, then people can go there and their you know, meals are included, but they don't have that. And so they don't have fresh food. At Century Villages at Cabrillo, the, the closest grocery store is four miles away. And we've got people in wheelchairs and walkers. There's no way they're going to get on a bus with a bag in their hand, take the bus over to the grocery store and come back. So there's some food handouts. We do it at City Heart, but not enough. The other one, and that's that lack of mobility. And just going anywhere because the VA is seven miles away. And VA says, well, we're only seven miles away. It's easy to get here. Long Beach is a city of 500,000 people and it takes a half an hour on the bus to just to get over there. So, you know, these, these are things that, that really are issues they have. And another one is that, men, and this is one that a lot of people that I've talked to recently say, you know, you're right. This, it, it's, it's true, as, as people age, they just entered the, the, the system, you know, years ago. And, you know, they've been there maybe 10 years. We just buried a guy that's last Friday had been living there 13 years at Century Villages. He was in a wheelchair when he got there, you know, he was in good shape. Uh, when he died, he had bad heart, he had diabetes and a whole bunch of other stuff. So they change over time, but that's not, to me, that's not acknowledged. The case management that works in support of housing are social workers and mental health workers, but not necessarily trained to work with seniors and understand the senior problems. Um, the service providers are not coordinating with the VA and the VA is not coordinating with them. You know, it's kind of the VA is a great, it's like Kaiser, they're an HMO, health management organization. You get in your car and you drive to Kaiser and you go see your doctor. Or if you need to get there another way, they'll take you in the ambulance. But there's not real outreach into the homes. They do have some social workers, but again, seniors take a different kind of social worker. And I don't think I'm telling anybody something they probably don't already know. But what really, really 
I've noticed is that there's really no leadership in this area of seniors. I, and I have a thing I got from the VA off their website. Concentration today seems to be on younger veterans. And I, I'm not saying that younger veterans don't count, but people should not have to compete for dollars and mindshare between young people and old people, but they do. And that's really one of the one of the big issues to me. But here's what the VA has on their website. So I keep having to move this thing around. Elderly veterans may be eligible for a wide variety of benefits available to all US military veterans. VA benefits include disability, compensation, pension, blah, 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 blah and burial, at least they got that part in there. So that's wonderful and it kind of reinforces my point. There's, I, I looked up gerontology, which is the study of, of uh, elderly people and, and the VA together and it's basically nothing. So what is the VA doing? And again, this is my impression. I'm, you know, I live in a microcosm. But in my, in my opinion, they're looking at seniors the way they look at younger veterans, which I said, they are creating some programs. There's a new program and they're bringing it out and we're working at City Heart with the VA, something called Whole Health, which is to encourage people. So the idea is they have a peer come out and a peer is a veteran, not an older veteran, but just a veteran. Most of them are pretty young, you know, young for me if you're 40s or 50s. Um, and so they've got this whole health program and they're going to do an assessment with them and, and, you know, encourage them to get out and do stuff. And, and the VA has been doing this for a few years. It, it takes leadership to, uh, to get people to do something. Hey, come on, let's do something together. And we're actually recruiting volunteers to be part of this in order to get them connected. I met somebody from an organization called Battle Buddies yesterday, and I'd like to invite them on one of the future shows. And to me, they're not showing an awareness of the issues. Again, it's separate. And they're missing an opportunity to show the world that they understand. So here's what's needed, at least in my opinion. Number one is advocacy by all of us to bring awareness to the problem at the local, state, national level. You know somebody and you know an elderly veteran, or you are one, this is something that you can bring up. And recognition by all the providers that they're dealing with a different population, which leads to dollars from the government. Trust me, there is a ton of money out there for taking care of people, but if you don't focus the dollars where they belong, they go to other places, or they go to some of these service providers that aren't doing their work. And a collaboration of providers to address the problems and solutions. And we're gonna, we're trying to do this in Long Beach. We're collaborating with another agency that works with uh, senior housing uh, to, to try and bring it to the city and get the city more involved in working with seniors. And it's a quick story because I've seen it work. This guy named Kevin, Work, lives at Century Village as a Cabrillo. He's an army veteran. He was 
on drugs and alcohol. He goes to AA almost every day. I think he's in his late 60s, something like that. Five months ago, he was sitting around the place where he lives. And I, I'd say, hey, Kevin. And he went, and he was just a, a sour old man. And then one day he came to City Heart to get pick up some food. Actually, he came quite a few times because we, we had food to give him. And he looked out back, and we've got a garden in back of our, our building down there. And he said, you know, I'd really like to start working out in that garden. And five months later, he comes in almost every day. He waters. He, he's planting vegetables and a bunch of other stuff. A totally different guy. I tried to find the video I did of him, but I didn't find it today. So thanks for listening to an old veteran himself. And that's me. That was amazing. Hey, Absolutely amazing. I have a question for you, John. Yes, sir. You, know, you were saying uh, earlier that the um, veterans don't have transportation to get to the VA. You know, that's an obstacle, right? You, does City Heart have a connection or, you know, have you guys tried to maybe like get transportation, you know, like a, a City Heart owned van or something that you can, you know. Well, we're, we're, we're a startup, but yeah, of course, we're working on that. One of the things I have the, the uh, director of the Long Beach Veterans Hospital come out, talk to some of the residents one day and that came up. There is a van service, but you have to call ahead All right. at the VA. And it, but it has to you have to go through your primary care physician to have it. Well, you know that because you go there. You have it. I'll go there. I'm okay. not but anyway, they yeah they have to they have to do a referral for that. But the U.S. Vets has five vans. We can't get them to help. Wow. This this you. <laughs> well, what could uh, we do, John? Sorry. What could we do? Because this information was outstanding uh we're so busy trying to get our homeless veterans with disabilities in and what could we do with this information that you just gave us well i you know i i'd get like the word to out of it. It, you know every once in a while I'll bring it back but honestly anybody you talk to who deals with veterans ask them what, what do you know about the senior veterans that are living, you know, in supportive housing? Yeah, but we need some hands-on work. These guys are suffering and starving and, you know, well, so you're lonely and, so I mean, you name is, it. Yeah, and, and the problem is they go through a lot of stuff to get them in there and that's it. Yeah, just exactly. drop, yeah. drop that and that, You know, it's like, okay, you're not homeless. Right. You're on your own now. You right. Know, and that mentality is just, you know, that's just wrong. Well, and like you say, lonely too. That's horrible. You know, Connie, it's a really good question. And I, w I wish I could say, well, do this, 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 and this. It's a matter of money and, and yeah. focus. And one of the problems, and I, I, the first show I was on, if you'll remember, I talked about the housing problems and right, right. we ended up having a protest at Century Villages. And that worked. We got the we got the property people actually sitting down once a month and meeting with us. But you know it's it's the VA responsibility that needs to be changed. And if you know anybody who's in political life, reach out to them. 
yeah. let's, let's use this venue as well to be able to work, bring awareness about it. Bring yeah. different ones on the show that uh, like the, the, the uh, veteran who's now doing the gardening, you know, things like that that they can do because doing COVID and, and social distancing, who would ever think that I have this beautiful garden out here? I mean, I just went to town, they, I call them my, my plant babies, you know, and you become so involved in that. That is an extremely therapeutic, you know, and look like we could do something to be able to help them you know, get involved and, and bring awareness to the loneliness, you know, let them know that there's people out there that want to help, you know? Well, I, you know, what we're doing in Long Beach is reaching out to our uh, city council people. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, if you remember that old uh, politician from Boston, hmm. of, I was going to say Ed O'Neill, but that wasn't him, but uh -huh. uh, Chip O'Neill. Uh, his whole thing was all politics is local and getting to your local uh, politicians is really good. Charles, are you in the first district? Uh, right here downtown, I believe. Yeah, I think you're in the first. Anyway, there was a, there was a thing yesterday was called Pets and Vets Parade and we were there. Um, and so that city councilwoman, her name is Mary Zendejas. I mean, I went up. I am, yeah, I know her. She's, yeah. Um, well, she's in a wheelchair. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it it it's such a it's such a huge problem. It really is just trying to make people aware. And Connie, you're right. It's a good, it's a good venue here. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity to start talking about it. I'm just starting my campaign, mm -hmm. and for so those who me, they don't really want to hear that. But I love to uh, be involved with that. That's it's so important. And we, like I said, we can use this venue. To bring people on, you know, I know a lot of veterans that are suffering wouldn't want to be a guest on the show, and you never know, maybe they want to talk about it. Well, you know, and, you, know you can you can always have somebody contact me. I mean, if they're not in my oh, area, I'm, yeah, I'm saying go through you, you know, because we have a referral system that we that we work with, mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, there are there are there's. That's the thing. There are a lot of resources out there. They're just not focused in in the areas that I think are important. Of course, yeah, if you look at seventy three percent over sixty five. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, the and nothing is being done. That's what's so horrible. You know. Well, it was, you know, that's oh, you know, like U.S. Vessel, we house more veterans every night than anybody else in the United States. Well, we don't give awards for that. Yeah. How well are they yeah. housed is the next question. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and yeah. that's where the VA can 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 participate, but they don't see themselves as outreach. That's part of the problem. They are yeah, it's the culture. It's the it's the the philosophy has to change. You know, and you know it's and and you know Long Beach is a very um, disabled uh, advocate uh, type city, but Long Beach is one city. You know there are yeah this, this is everywhere. The, the problem is just seriously bad. So mm -hmm. even if you know what we're doing here or you know here in uh, Long Beach, it's still lacking because the whole philosophy and the culture of the VA and the care, you know, the care for, it's just, you know, it's just. I've, I've been trying for three years 
to try and get that going. We had we had a little thin thread that got broken a couple of years ago with a person at the VA and they said, oh, we'll get her replaced. I'm waiting. Yeah. And it's a lot of politics that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. you know? Wow. But uh, I mean, but there's some local folks, you know, that we need to get riled up to want to come in and help. I mean, just for someone to come to a veteran that's lonely and read a book, you know, help him to write a letter to his loved one, make sure he's got food. You know, there's some wonderful people. There's churches and and temples and others we can just notify and let them get involved, you know? And it doesn't have well, to be just in Long Beach, you know? No, no, I, I'm just saying yeah. that that's my venue. That's your city, yeah, I understand. But the need is great. And I really appreciate you coming on with that. And don't let it stop there. You need to do part two, three, four, and five, you know, uh, on this, on this you issue. You don't have to ask me. Extremely twice. important, huh? You don't have to ask me twice. Okay. Okay. Hey, John, I have a I have a um a question for you. Um now is City Heart lacking in food? Uh you know, like you know, things like that, essentials, things like that. Well, it, that yeah, I mean we have there's a there's an organization called Good to Grow. They're up on Santa Fe, uh, for those of you who know Long Beach, up near the towards the 405 near Willow, and they bring, they, this is a veteran-run organization, they grow food, and they bring us food every Wednesday. Okay. Um, and the, the permanent housing people have, uh, the food bank delivers once a week, but that food doesn't last that long, especially if it's- No, yeah, a lot yeah. of it's already, it's a right. teeny bit over time. So, I mean, you know, it just, it, it's kind of like, yeah, we can use it. When could you bring it? The reason it? I bring it up is because, you know, there's a church I attend here in uh, Long Beach, and uh, uh, the pastor is Wayne Cheney, and his father was in the government in Long Beach, and they actually held the gospel festival out here a few years back. And, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, because they're always, you know, doing stuff. And you know, maybe I'll give them a call. And, and, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I'm quite with, sure they want to get involved. You know, you, know? Know, you or whoever it is <laughs> over there, you know, maybe we can do a, a, a you know, a um, three-way or a connection. You know, I'll connect, try to get a connection going there. Because, you know, there's no way, you know. Don't forget me. Well, absolutely. I want to be involved in it, too. Well, my suggestion. Food. I'm talking about food. You food, of course you don't get it. You over here on Operation Confidence. You know, we didn't get, I'm just saying was you know, like, we didn't talk to everybody too. Yeah, know? yeah. And and, well, and you, need uh, to, you need to come visit us. Well, yeah. I still now that I think I can get out out within the community. But you know, we were all masked up there for a while, you well, know. Well, we're still we're gonna be back to it in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, so I don't yeah. wanna run out there and start and, a whole new series. And and you know, and that's a shame because uh, City Heart is literally like right there in the midst of every truck container that comes from. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, cause I, mean, I know because I'm in the business and then I pass by there. You know, all those trucks go to the Shell station right down the street to get yes, the fuel do. and the Chevron and all that. And right there, zillions of dollars being passed through and you can't feed some people? No. That doesn't make no sense. That's so bad. So, you know, and you had your hand up again. Um, John, I'm really impressed with your way of thinking. 
what you're really doing is talking about a systemic change. Mm -hmm. um, I could give you lots of history of working with veterans, but my stepfather was the adjudication officer for the VA in this region of the country. And uh, even as a child, I saw that the system was not working. Now, what you're talking about is a systemic change. It's more than politics. I understand that the VA is um, essentially a government bureaucracy and a big one, but I'm so impressed with the way you've seen this because I agree with everybody here that if the people get involved, that's the pressure. Yep. One or two mm -hmm. veterans or me writing a letter or everybody here writing a letter, it's not gonna make anything happen. Right. But when you get the public involved, your churches and um, even, you know, other nonprofit organizations. Right, the um, synagogue. Oh. That's what we need to do is, is get together a, a very serious uh, coming together mm -hmm. of partners and um, essentially kind of bypass the government until <clears throat> until we have a strong enough voice. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. You're doing a beautiful job, and your uh, your presentation was very good. Wasn't it beautiful? Yes. So, um, you know, I, but we I got work to do, John. I'm here to help you to get a system a systemic change, so that government is not just listened to by a few people who write letters, but right. by nonprofit and and individuals and so forth who say this needs to be done in America. Mm -hmm. And it, it's we've got new ways of communication. We certainly have new technologies, all of that. And we're still groveling um, with the people who have served us best. It, we, need, we need spokespersons like you. And I'm definitely um, very pleased to know this group and especially Consuela because she gets all this. So I think we need to try to figure out how are we going to get different organizations and or individuals and or even um, schools involved. Uh, so and get the media involved. You know, I have personal friends. Uh, I don't want to mention any names that are Facebook friends that we can get word to. But because, uh, you know, like say, for instance, Channel 7 has a food outreach, you know, and I think several other uh, stations do as well. Yeah. I, I just don't I mean, think that legislatures and, uh, and um, Congress. Yeah, it's, it's a hard. Direct hard. communication to them doesn't hurt, but it doesn't really help. No, and they'll usually get involved when they see that you've already got some, got like you said, bringing the public together. Well, yeah, I mean that's a, they give money to people they've given money to before. I mean they just keep pouring at these. Yeah, they do, they do, and you wonder how come you didn't qualify. You know, I've had them come as I'm not mentioning any names as keynote speakers and and guest of honor at our events, they'll turn around and give a major donation to someone in the audience. And here we standing out there saying, hell. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. our event. We're putting this on because we need help. Yeah. And then I look up and some organization that was our guest got this um, uh, award, you know, this money that's donated to them. So uh, we just those need are some to of the challenges. That Everybody needs to do something and that doing something is not writing letters to Congress. No, go yeah, that's You know, it's interesting. Oh. I, I have a saying 
than than a, you know, I came out of the corporate world, which is not that different than the government world, but except that you have to eat, so sometimes you do it a little better. Um, but I, have, I I used to go to these directors meetings and stuff, and I used to think, you know, everybody sits around and admires the problem, and nobody wants to do anything That's about right. it. Right, right. And Consuela, you're the first one. It's been a long time. What can we do? And you know, instead of saying, "Oh, that's a terrible problem," no, I want to get out there. Let's. It breaks my heart, you know. And like you said, that's a population that's overlooked, you know. Yeah. And I can imagine how they feel. I have elderly family members, and you know, thank God they have family that's bringing them food and making sure they're bathed and you know taking their medication on time and clean clothes. But you know, there's others that are, are unable to provide those personal care for themselves. And just to have someone to come by and say, I'm coming to check on you, let's write a letter or read a book. Or, that's so important, you know? We've become an ungiving society and that's, mm -hmm. and actually I, I believe it's our biggest flaw. And we keep thinking that because we have supposed experts in all kinds of fields that somebody else is taking care of it. We need to take care of one another. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. the way. We tend to help other countries with billions of dollars, but we can yeah, and uh, you know, it, help our not. own people right here with right billions of dollars. You know, so. Yeah, I've seen it. Richard, what do you think? We got Richard, to move on to Richard. Taking something. I want to. I'm trying to read his mind. And well, I he has. It. He's what? getting ready to give his presentation. Oh, too, okay. Richard. All right. Bye -bye. Sorry, Richard. I took all your time. No, we stopping the time for Richard. Uh, no problem. Well, let's just. Uh, you gonna uh, read his his intro for me? Yeah, I'll give you a. Uh, uh, Richard <laughs> Cook is considered another role model. He's a um, U.S. Army Special Forces veteran. Um, he's a sergeant in the Army, or he was a sergeant in the Army who fought. I'm for retired, sergeant. <laughs> or, or retired? Okay, how's that? <laughs> Almost died. Okay, you know. Anyway, he fought for his country for over 30 years. During his service, he managed to build a family and launch a career in entertainment, hosting a weekly radio show while representing models and actors. But Sergeant Cook's greatest battle occurred far after he returned from overseas. Out of the blue, an undetected tumor in his heart caused a massive stroke that required emergency surgery. While Sergeant Cook survived, he suffered substantial brain damage that led to vision loss, body weakness, and aphasia. This marked the beginning of an enlightening journey to, be, to beat the odds and rediscover himself. This year, Richard will officially be entering into the Golden Age Games, the 1,500-meter walk, power walk, a major accomplishment after suffering three strokes in 2016. Whether you're a veteran, a stroke survivor, or a lover of great American stories, reading Richard's, um, Sergeant Cook's book entitled I Once Was Whole, will inspire you to never stop reaching for your goals. Richard was recently appointed as the new American Veterans Commander. He also has a bestseller on Amazon, I Once Was Hold, the book. And the interview starts right now. Go ahead, Rich. Thank you very much. Well, I'm gonna start this way. If I make a mistake in saying what I need to say, that's because I have to talk a little bit slower so the aphasia doesn't affect me. That's what I've learned from speech therapy, but that's what I have to say for there at that point. But anyways, let me let me kind of go. Whatever uh, you bit. need to do, we don't care. 
Okay, thank, thank you. I'll, I'll do the best. Otherwise, I start stammering. Okay, and that is the same, right. way, same way as our president, which he has some level of speech difficulty. Right. Uh, he said that before, but I have the same way right now. So, anyways, uh, I've been training up over the past two months with various types of exercises but mainly because I've been strengthening up my lower body, but I have to do with my upper body as well too, because the power walk is going to use my upper body as well as I'm, as I'm moving along. So the thing is, I've been, I've been working on that. So I've been going on and on. I would say I'm still pretty good because the reason why I'm saying that is because I have recently did 13.5 miles. Now, the reason why I'm doing the distance walking is because the legs will still get stronger and better. Uh, besides what I do at my gym uh, in strengthening the legs. So that and way I can feel, how say it? And your heart muscles, you're strengthening that yeah. up too. Exactly. So that I'm, I'm doing all that. So that way I can still be able to do the power walk because it's just one mile. But I, ha I have that kind of planned out and how I'm going to do it this time. Uh, last time I did it, and I, I admit, I still ended up at seventh place, but I still did it. But the yeah. thing is, I'm going to do it much better this time around. So See, that's there, all. I mean, you never did give up. No, I, I didn't give up, and I'm still working on that. So that way, it could be able to be able to be seen, and that way, I can show how I'm doing much better than way back then. Okay. So the thing is, uh, also the Veterans Administration contacted me about the Golden Age Games, but they also said they have, they have put out that I will be doing what I'm doing. So they put me in the uh, recognition of heroes. So they have that. So I'll be there uh, uh, in mid-July, which will be on the 17th. I'll be able to be there for the various series of events. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a picture of what they have uh, portraying me in the wall of heroes right, in that respect. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Also, I don't know if there's any uh, photos to show in regards to what I've been doing for exercising. So that way I can get my strength up. So I, if there I is, have a clip or two, you know, let me see here. Um, there. No, that's not what I want to do. Hold on. Give me one second. Okay. But um, I'll show this in a sec here. So yeah. I'm still working out every three days. I'll put it this way, where I do uh, strengthening at the gym. And then, of course, uh, uh, the off days is I still rest. So that way the body could still right. heal itself. So that, like that. That's why I was able to do 44 years so far. I give my body rest. Yeah. I do That's twice right. a week. That's it. 44 years of what? <clears throat> Exercise? Cardio. 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 <clears throat> That's so important. 14 years of yoga. That's oh, yeah. amazing. That's wonderful. All right. Here's one. So I'm, I got a few. I'll, I'll show it. So here, right here. <clears throat> yeah, so that's the lower body breaking my leg for the uh, for the power walk. 
back and have my upper thighs as well too to be strong enough so I don't fizzle out. That's Planet Fitness, huh? Yes. <laughs> I belong to that gym. Oh, all right. Now that here, that's, that's another one. I don't know which each one is, but I'm going to just... Yeah, that's the upper body, uh, upper workout with my arm. That left side right there is the weak side, but I've been building it up, so now it's much stronger. So this is showing the opposite, you know. Um, yeah, that's well, that's technically the left side. I was working yeah, right on. because you're yeah. doing a selfie. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll show you and one more, and then uh, we can kind of. I don't know what this is, but. That's size for what's like push-ups, but that's uh, one of the equipment we work on both sides, including the left side. All right. Well, congratulations, my friend. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Keep, Keep up the good work. That left side is what was affected from the stroke, which, <laughs> or strokes, which in 2016, I couldn't do any of that. Yeah. I've seen the several pictures, you know. So you're doing amazing, and and then you're getting ready to be in another uh, walkathon, right? Uh, in in the future, but right now I'm concentrating on the Golden Age Games just to be able to do what I'm doing, okay. mainly the power walk because there's going to be a series of other events that I'm going to have out there because I'll be there for about a week. The thing is, I'm working where is it, on the Where's it going to be? Uh, we're going to be in. South Dakota in Sioux Falls. Really? Yeah. Wow. It would be right by the right by the monument. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so cool. But we're proud of you. We're going to be cheering you on and make sure you take a lot of pictures so you can oh, share. Oh, thank you. I thought, what's what I plan to do? I have to uh, erase some of the ones I've had before so that way it doesn't load up the, the, the yeah. memory. <laughs> okay, and we, we're all both ready to sign off, but just tell them a little bit about your photography work. Well, my photography work, I've been taking various photos, so that's also be able to do. reason why I'm doing that, because two reasons. One, as I focus on the photo I'm taking, of whether it's a flower or something else, it calms me down, so that way it's I don't have any... Yeah, ne negative effects, so it calms me down. So the thing is, but then at the same time, I can apply my artistic look into the photo and I make it more artistic. I don't know if we have any of that to show. I've sent some as well, but uh, yeah, if, we do, if we do, well, there we go right there. That's an artistic look right there uh, where uh, the flowers are all in the different aspects of artisticness. So like uh, the... Uh, Lower one, lower left. That's uh, it looks like a lay, but that's what how I how I designed it that way. Then of course there's the hibiscus right there, mm -hmm. uh, and then of course uh, I took that one at the very top on the right side of those type of flowers at the Long Beach VA. Okay. Like that. So I see both both those on the top were taken at the Long Beach VA. That's absolutely beautiful. And it's well, beautiful. I've seen some your it's work beautiful. already. And what is this, Richard? I can't see, I'm sorry. A roller coaster? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went, took a picture out there at the Santa Monica Pier, 
while I was out on my walk. And the thing is, I thought, I want to take a picture of the roller coaster. So I took a picture of the roller coaster. Okay. Wow. Okay. I can't even look at the roller coaster. Let's not get on. <laughs> yeah, I won't get. I won't get on it right now. Oh hell yeah, no! Picture of it. There you <laughs> go. Uh, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Are, are you running out of time, Consuela? Because I have a little. Yeah, we bit, are. Oh uh, yeah, I have a little bit of information to give on. Um, it's a, a veterans. Um, go ahead. Piece of data. I am. Um, you know, in World War II, uh, that if somebody was rejected for the service, they were called 4F. And I never knew what that meant. Well, I finally found a historian about a month ago who told me the history. In the Civil War, when you had to um, essentially, you had to use your teeth to make the the firing of the the um Bullets. the gun yeah. um if you had four teeth missing they wouldn't take you in so four f means four teeth missing and it comes from a civil war oh my goodness isn't that fun <laughs> wow. so i'm looking if uh, maybe uh, richard can help me find one i'm looking for a picture of anybody with four front teeth missing that will let me uh, use their picture on a presentation I have to give to it's a little bit of uh, World War II history. <laughs> so you can use my teeth because the dentist at the hospital at Long Beach, I mean, at the, at the West LAVA says I got perfect teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not you, that's for sure. Does it have to be a veteran, Ann? I, I didn't hear you. So does it have to be a veteran? No, no, no. Does anyone? Huh? Give me a picture. Put put black on your teeth and smile. <laughs> so, okay. Well, That's I think great. you can find a picture on the internet too. Um, um, well, Unfortunately, uh, out in the world I operate in, there's too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're signing. Kind of closing down now. Uh, Take it away, Charles. And he has this, some information about what we did on Saturday and Sunday and his funny animal clip. And then I'm going to sign yeah, off. I passed the, uh, the, the first, uh, we talked about homelessness a lot today. So, right. Okay. On last Saturday and Sunday, which was July 25th and 26th, Operation Confidence hosted the Frank Clark Foundation, a football camp at Linwood High School that was a huge success. Veterans Camp was held in collaboration with Paralyzed Vets of America, California chapter right here in Long Beach. Operation Confidence is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and that advocates for disabled veterans. Throughout the camps, Frank Clark and his coaches offered tips and hands-on instruction, including lectures, fundamental football skill station contests, and non-contact games in a high-energy, fun, and positive environment with cleanliness and sanitation measures um, in place. The campers were placed in small groups by age to ensure maximum instruction featuring a 10 to 1 maximum camper to coach ratio. The camp was staffed by some of the area's top high school and college coaches. Awards were given in each age group and each attendee received a souvenir autograph from Frank Clark, um, uh, a camp team photo with Frank Clark, 
and a limited edition Frank Clark football camp t-shirt you know so um, I will show you some pictures here and just a few from from that okay okay so here's Frank you know and uh, Connie and myself and Martha there's Frank and Connie and her niece um, you know we don't have a you know of course you know he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs you know when you look at these guys the position he plays he plays defensive end those guys used to be like 300 pounds back then this guy's like 6'5 and 250 so you know yeah. I was blown away by that yeah yeah you know. he's a little skinny man I mean tall well, it seems yeah that's what I'm saying you know they, skinny. Com com <laughs> compared to the way people used to be back in the days you know this the modern days now they they work on uh speed and strength as opposed to thickness and uh punch right. you know and i'm sure he has punch too you know and then connie's like you know <laughs> he's like he's looking at him like what, what you come up with us you know he's looking at <laughs> tell me what you said again now <laughs> look, that, <ain't> like <laughs> that is so cute that's a great picture <laughs> what is it you talking about huh <laughs> i know look at his he's face. like he's like he got his shirt ready to wipe his face I'm out here sweating in the fields. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. You know I'm gonna jack him up. You know? I thought yeah. I thought it was a 12 year old girl. No, once I realized that's, <laughs> that's kind. Oh yeah, God. right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. And then, yeah, there goes Mark. You go, man. It's hot out here. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, and then uh, you know, I, I, there I goes Charles. I took this picture early on before anyone got there, mostly. And so we had a few veterans come out from the PVA and Operation Confidence. Uh, we represented well, so you know he was uh, talking here, and you know it was it was a good camp. It was a uh, you know. So. You know what I was surprised in how long and long they stayed out there, running back and forth in that That's football for you. You know, and, you oh, know, and not... those kids ran back and forth with them. Oh, <laughs> they got energy. You hours know? and hours. That's, that's, John, do you have a picture of you with Frankie? John was there. No, you. Somebody took it, but I'm trying to get a hold of him. I yeah, we still he have yet to collect pictures. We're, we're, he had it on Facebook, on his I Facebook. Have, I haven't been on that site, but you know, we're going to. The photographer is actually going to uh, give us some pictures, and well, that's good. Uh, so then we'll there. have, you know, we'll be able to to show a lot more. This is just. I have to prove to my wife that I wasn't out at a bar. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> well, you're in trouble then, you know, because you don't. We don't have any evidence, you know. We. I'm always in trouble anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, we're going to close down now. I want to thank our guests for coming on today, and of course, our co-hosts. It was a great show for a very informative information. And John, you're going to come back and, and finish up with part two, three, and four on aging veterans and Rosie. Uh, girlfriend you're going to come back with some more of the rosies and oh, it's been absolutely wonderful and to hear from those wonderful wonderful rosies and how articulated they speak and and have so much to offer and, and so much history i sure hope uh, matt will consider writing some of their stories have anyone considered documenting some of that Matt's a writer, so he can have it and put it in the Veterans News. He's well, we definitely related. need writers. What we typically find is that people will record them and send the um, send a recording over to 
uh, the Rose of the River National Park there in San Francisco, but then they're not accessible and that easily to the public. We need writers who really put their heart in it and who really relate to the women and enjoy them. And right. it, doesn't so matter. it doesn't matter where they're published. So much history that's going by, you know, yeah. and contributions that they made to, um, our, to our better, um, to our military. They give you lots of information, but they don't give you as much the human side as you get if you can really write an article about a lady and, um, you know, say, you know, what's the most important thing to you in life? Well, from all of the roses that you've had on the show, thank God we have it documented in the script and also on, very, very good. This is on, on our YouTube yes. channel. So well, what, I'd like, what I'd like to do, this is Richard, I'd like to work and produce a movie of the Rosie of the Rivers. Just keep in uh, mind what, what segments you would like. I'd like to do that in what I could do. Well, with, I'm, I'm with ready, the, Richard. With uh, the director. Yes, I'll I'm do that. Ready. Let's, okay. That'd be great, Richard. We have to get Connie um, to, you know, be involved. And uh, I know, am. Or, <laughs> what I'm saying is, Connie, don't we don't want to be writing grants or whatever without you? So I'm. Just, oh no, I'm right here. Yeah. Don't write yeah. nothing without me. <laughs> <laughs> we need everything we can get. Well, I appreciate it. So anyway, we're going to say goodbye, and it was a great show. And uh, once again, I want to wish everybody a happy and safe 4th of July. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Operation Confidence, American Invisible Heroes on YouTube. We want to get more. And it's kind of confusing when you look at our channel as well. Sometimes you'll see four or five or six viewers, and then you'll look at a few others, and there's thousands. So. It's confusing to me. I have no idea how it works, but yeah. please subscribe to it. So we're going to end the show by telling everybody that as always, we want to remind our listeners that our goal is to raise awareness about Operation Confidence and our mission, which is to provide stable housing with a wide range of supportive services, including employment opportunities for veterans, especially some that are disabled, and have already experienced homelessness. So to get involved, please send us an email to info at operationconfidence.org. And don't forget to visit our website, www.operationconfidence.org. We have an amazing resource page. So thank you so much and see you next week. And John and, 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 um, and Richard and my girl, and thank you so much for coming on the show. And of course, You're welcome as always. Yeah. We want to thank uh, Matt for coming on, although he's one of the co-hosts, but he's so precious. Of course, my buddy, 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 buddy Charles over there. <laughs> thank you, Charles. We got so much history together. And thank you guys. See you next week. All right. So I'm going to close it out and uh, yeah. show Animal Humor next week. We got the. Yeah, you got Animal Humor. Yeah. We'll show that next week. Next week, yeah. Well, I won't okay. be here next week, but you know, okay. still. You know, we'll in the be... meantime, brush your teeth or you won't be allowed into the Civil War. <laughs> okay. Brush your teeth. Okay. 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 I got Thanks, a, um, Thanks you know, so much. I, I, I have some of those uh, funny teeth like that, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I want a photo, Charles. 
Oh, I have one somewhere, you know. I used to no, do it uh, at work. No, I don't want you to show nobody. I'm not going to do it now. I used to do it at work. You know? <laughs> I put on a big old afro and had these snag of tubes. Oh, years. no, Charles. I don't want to do that. Don't show that. Hey, that's, that's humor, you know. That's what people I know do. it's humor. It's funny. Hey, I no. served anyway, right? Okay. There you bye go. Bye, all. all right. Thank you. All bye. right, y'all. Good to see you. You know, we're going to do a video and then we're out. Yeah. Be safe. Whatever you do, eat much. I got some uh I got some ribs in there marinating and some shrimp that's already seasoned ready to oh, go. You get ready to rub up. Crank huh? the smoker up tomorrow. Okay. All Have right. fun. Bye bye. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org.